This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Gentlemen, we can, we'll get on to St Johnson and their, their cup final heroics a wee bit later and, and their draw against Aberdeen and then looking forward to Kilmarnock at the weekend and also Dundee come back in action at the weekend too. But I guess when you lose when you lose 5-1 at home to a team below you in the league, that's uh, Dundee United we're talking about there, obviously. That's a pretty, that's a, that's a headline grabber of a result, Jim, isn't it? You know, it's, United fans were already... Starting to feel that their uh, that their position in the league was was almost not a false one, but was one that was kind of covering covering a few uh, a few flaws and a few underlying issues. But when you lose five one at home to St. Mun, Jim, those those issues come right front and centre, don't they? Well, I think it's I think it's gone from a nagging itch to something that really needs scratched now. Eric, I mean, I, I wrote in last Saturday's Courier Com that, that that Melon deserved a wee bit more praise rather than some of the brickbats he's getting because at the end of the day they are still sixth in the league, and I'm a great believer in, in bird in the hand being worth two in the bush. So it's all very well saying that still are they're, after they're, the result. Yeah, still are after right, the result know, on uh, the other night. And there are issues that, that you know that, that have to be addressed. And we'll talk about them no doubt in a moment or two, but. They are sixth in the league. The football's not good. It's, it's, it is not pretty to watch. And I know that's a subjective definition. It's not pretty to watch, but they're sixth in the league. So progress has been made with basically what is a championship side, apart from the few signings he's made that, that you know, that, that, have, that were on the bench the other week, for instance, you know. Um, however, when you lose five goals at home, albeit, you know, to debatable penalties and all the rest, uh, and they were sliced apart for the last two, uh, when you lose five goals at home in a 5-1 thrashing, um, then... You know, somewhere along the line, people are starting to address, you know, post-match uh, and, and pre-match stuff about kind of we're, we're having to grow, we're having to learn quickly and all the rest of it. And then asking the big and the serious questions about, OK, when are you learning? What are you learning? Um, that, I think that's a problem. I mean, I think, you know, certainly judging by my social media Twitter feed last night and today, um, the pressure is now starting to mount. A lot of people are very, very unhappy at what they're seeing. Yeah, there's a few, uh, there's yeah. a few sort of what I would like to call, Jim, you sort of, re- you know, reasonable voice, you know, not the ones that are prone mm-hmm. to the, you know, the, we all know the ones on Twitter that are prone to the sort of, you know, wild lurches from one mm-hmm. way to the other. There's, there are people who are kind of, you know, usually you see them, you know, sensible types somewhere in the middle that are that are pretty vocal this morning. So carry on, Jim. Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I think that's the problem, uh, Eric. I mean, look, f- 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 that's the nature of football, you know, and, and uh, you know, from from the kind of the lowest in the land to the highest in the land, there's strange things to people's minds, you know. I mean, I've sat in terracings at Tannadice and other places with people that are highly educated, successful businessmen who, from the first blow of the whistle, uh, you know, you, you would almost think that you need a you know somebody <laughs> with a straight jacket arriving for them, you know, such is what it does to the passion. But there's there's no doubt that some of the more kind of informed um, fans, I think, are now looking and going. And this is not good enough. There are problems down the line here um, uh, for them. And, and I mean, I think there were several things last night. We can take either the goals individually or just the, the overall general performance. I thought they were unfortunate with the penalties. You know, the, the, the Reynolds kind of shovel. It was a kind of it was a kind of thing that you would see at the North Inch or, or Fairmuir Park in Dundee every Saturday or Sunday. But in the professional game, you know, the minute you put hands on, referees are looking for it. Cute players are playing for it. And shocking to say, it was cute. He went down and gets the penalty. The, the, the shot against Shanklin was unfortunate. You know, a couple of years back, it's not a penalty. Now in the modern game, it is, despite the fact it actually appeared to him in the ribcage, you know. Um, so, you know, the, 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 there's, there's misfortune in that respect for United. There was the, They were unfortunate in the respect also that Dylan Powers in the first half had a, a shot really well saved, um, you know, uh, by Anik. But the follow-up might have been better falling to Shanklin, who I think would have scored, whereas Powers then blasted it over the bar from about 12 yards. So, there were, there were you know, lots of unfortunate aspects. But the, the two things that really struck me were, you know, if you take, you know, the, the headed goal, for instance, the lack of a serious challenge at the far end of the box, and then in to what you would call, you know, the second phase of play, the second element of play, the lack of much of a serious challenge uh, for the headed goal, you know, um, and and then just the general build-up. I mean, the, the the slackness in passing, the the inability to play crisply, smartly, uh, decent possession football, um, you know, n- not recovering the ball well enough when it's lost. There's a whole lot of things I think that need to be worked on, um, and I think you know, in fairness, despite the fact that I've said, well, give them some praise because they are 
sixth in the league. I think there now are identifiable problems, which I'm not actually sure can be fixed with some of the personnel that Mickey Mellon has at his disposal. Sean, the you know you can you can I mean it's a very random number six, but you know that's, that seems to be you know one of the ones the number that you know a popular Twitter account Pi and Bovril he 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 puts out the. Uh, you know, the, the form guide for the last six games, like I say, I don't know why he picked six, but anyway, he has, and United are bottom of it, so I guess that tells you everything you need to know about, about recent form. Yeah, well, by points one, yeah, that's what he does yeah. over the last six games, how many points have they won, and uh, yeah, United down the bottom of that at the moment. Um, we, we, we've praised them this season for making the best of what they've got. Mickey Mellon making the best of what he's got effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been they've been stuffy. They've picked up points where, by rights, they probably shouldn't have. Um, on this occasion, they've been absolutely taken apart, and there's 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 no way around that. Um, what a, what a Celtic or a Rangers are. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say even in Aberdeen, Aberdeen that would maybe be a bit more of an annoyance. But it, when it's a St Mirren, that that really gets United fans backs up yeah. um, and understandably so because Simon haven't been great this season by any stretch Simon coming off coming off a, a losing in a cup semi-final mm. in a pretty meek way as well yeah yeah I mean Simon have been hopeless but they've not been no, they've no. not been fantastic by any stretch um, they don't put five past many no no or they any. don't <laughs> uh, and, and again you look at the you, you look at the uh, the goals and alright like, the penalties I mean, Jim Jim's covered them a wee bit there. Ah, Shockness, he's bought that for sure. I think it's it's very soft, but I mean, I, I understand why he's hit the deck. Um, and actually, there's there's a replay of it where you can see it's almost from the referee's perspective, and you can see that that Reynolds has, has had a little push. So hey, he's got, he's given him a decision to make, and he's made it. The second one, I'm not happy with that. I I, I think that's that's ridiculous, honestly. How, how's that handball? Yeah. I, Seriously, yeah. How, how on earth is that a handball, Sean? I think it's one of these ones. If it happens in England where they've got VAR, it's it's looked at again and it, and it's discounted. It doesn't go ahead um, because it wasn't handball. It, it's, it, it, cra- it cracked him in the kind of you know the, the side of the side of the chest, the side of the rib cage. Call it what you will. You know, it wasn't. Does he's got his arms up? He's got his arms up in his chest area, and, and the ball's been rattled at him from I don't know a close range. That's right. And it's hit him in the chest, and his arms just happen to be there. He's actually trying to keep his arms into his body because they it's all not know unnatural, it's not that if their arms shape. are out at an unnatural position, they're mm. going to get done. Yeah, that's so right. they all try to keep their arms in, and that's what he's tried to do. And to book him for it, that I mean, that's absolutely mind-boggling to me. Unless he said something to the referee in the aftermath, but he, he's get booked for that. I think that's crazy. And what in what way is that deliberate? It can't be. It's just I think that's nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that yeah. point you're you're three nothing down, and it's 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 you're done effectively. Um, and fair play to Ian Harks, I th- his goal was that was a fantastic strike, really really good finish, no right to score that. And at that point you think right, well maybe they've got a chance. And they actually they did have another chance for uh, Mark Connolly mm-hmm. header, wasn't it? That he got on target, but straight at the keeper. And at that point they're they're, they're pushing up the park because they have to. And they get they absolutely ripped on the break twice, um, so it ends up looking really really ugly uh, at five one. Um, you could you could and Mickey Mellon might say that the the second two you'll not be happy with the nature of them obviously because they've been done for pace uh, down the down United's right hand side twice on the break. I think once was Ian Harks. I think Ibs, Liam Smith was. will be one. watching that. Only Mar- mm-hmm. only Martin Boyle to come. Eh? Aye. Exactly. So you'll not be happy with that, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, there are, there are mitigating factors. I know United fans will be will be saying away we were just rubbish, and there's there's a degree of truth to that. But I mean, certainly two 0 at half times retrievable, three 0 because of that penalty. That's a sore one, and then you get done twice on the break. So there are mitigating factors there, but 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 no doubt that five one is a very very ugly looking result and. Off, off the back of complaints that have been floating around all season about the way the way they go about playing football, 
it's it's not it's not good. Basically, well, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's my assessment. No, you've now got to go back to the twenty third of December <clears throat> for the, you know the last one against um, uh, Kelly. Uh, you know, and in between times they've, they've, they've drew, drew to drew with Motherwell. Then they you know lost to Celtic, which is no surprise. You know, and then there's draws to Aberdeen, Saints, um, St. Martin, St. John's, you say not St. Martin, uh, Hamilton, and and then that thrashing last night. So the form book is against them uh, at the moment. That said, they're still sitting there in sixth position. Whether that holds or not is arguable because St. Martin now right, say, on, the world's right on their closing tail. around them, isn't ah, it? Right on their tail with three games in in hand, and I, I would expect uh, um, them under Jim Goodwin to to certainly pick up something uh, uh, those three games. You know, uh, uh, and then you've got the likes of you know St. Johnson and Kilmarnock who are not that far. Um, uh, you know, behind them. So the danger here is at this stage in the season with 25 played is that they start to get sucked into that basement battle. Now, a few weeks back, it looked as though, although they weren't playing pretty football, and I know that's subjective, you know, one man's idea or one woman's idea of bonny football is somebody's idea of poison. But, but you know, looking at a few weeks back, I thought that's, that's a good position. Sixth in the league, you know, potentially for fifth. I couldn't see them going much above that. They certainly weren't going to catch the top four, Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs. Livingston looked as though they were a decent prospect. But there's, see, there's the other problem. You see a club like Livingston, 11 now unbeaten, you know, pulling out fabulous results week in, week out, where a squad that will be paid much, much less uh, than the Dundee United squad. Much less, you know. Every um, other manager hates the, these, you know, every other bottom six or, mm-hmm. you know, just in the top six. These managers hate must hate it because obviously, yeah, it shines a light on other clubs, isn't it? That's, oh, that's, that's right. I, the I, nature I, of it, isn't it? Everybody, everybody says if Livingston can do it, why can't mm-hmm. we, basically? Yeah, and, and, and I think that that's the issue for the likes of United, you know, that you've got Olivier do, doing so well, and now you've got St Martin creeping up right at the back of the games in hand, and all of a sudden, albeit they've got the games, uh, they've got the, the points in the bag, things look much less um, bright than than they did previously, and, and then they've got some... Uh, some tough ones coming up, starting with Hibs on Saturday. So all of a sudden, they, they find themselves needing to start pulling better results out, out the bag from somewhere with effectively a squad that I think a lot of people feel just actually over the course of the season are not going to be up to it. Well, just looking at the, the, the line-up, Sean, I mean, I'm not, maybe there's a bit of hindsight in here, but if, 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 if I was covering the game and I saw that team, I would have thought straight away, I think too many square pegs in round holes for you're looking at, you've got Nicky Clark in midfield and you've got McNulty out wide and Shankland up front. Now, he's he's got too many players that want to play the same position, hasn't he? I mean, and then it gets backed up when you look at, as as you know, we, we have we have the benefit of getting to the Opta stats of games afterwards, pretty quickly afterwards, but I had to look at them this morning and perhaps unsurprisingly, when you look at the average position of the United players, you could throw a blanket over McNulty, Shanklin and Clark, and you wouldn't know which one was the centre forward, which one was the midfielder and which one was the, you certainly wouldn't know which one was the supposed to be playing wide left. It's, it clearly isn't working trying to get these three all in the, all in the starting lineup. They, I mean, they, they tried it, he tried it at, uh, United fans will, will know better than me, but he, he, tr- he tried it at McDermott Park. Jim, you were at that one, yeah, and it was yeah. a it was a bit of a mess. I don't know if he's tried it since as a starting three. I'm, maybe he hasn't, but it just it's, it just doesn't look like a well balanced team to me, Sean. No, uh, I, I, what you're saying about the average positions and being able to throw a blanket over them in the middle as well. I think I don't think that's uh, a one off. I think that's you, you would be able to do that if you go back and, and look at a few games uh, this season. Um, I mean, there have been exceptions. There have been games where they've managed to get uh, more bodies sort of more spread out and further up the park. Um, but there, I think there have been more when, when they've all been sort of quite compact. Um, and uh, to be fair, that's, that's probably been deliberate in lots of cases I mean mm-hmm. how many times have we heard Mickey Mellon say that, that the way that they're playing now is not how he wants them to play in the future it's just it's it's a means to an end at the moment um, and, and largely it's been reasonably effective for them up to now but on on, on an occasion like last night where they, 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 get, they do get a few bad breaks last night but also they end up they end up just getting done completely I mean, even three one against St Mirren would would be bad. Five one is is dreadful, isn't it? So, 
when you've got these but sort to, of concerns. To, if, that, sorry, Sean. If I, to play devil's advocate, then about uh-huh. you know that he's play, he's playing the hand he's dealt. If he wanted a wide, if he if he wanted a wide left player, go and go and get a wide left player. Don't get Mark Minolte to play wide left. who's a centre forward. You know that was that was that was his. He brought him in in the last window. Yeah, that's an entirely legitimate point. I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, you devil. Uh, that's <laughs> entirely right. Yeah. Because um, with, I mean, Jim, I mean, with, or with this, it's a huge issue for Dundee United, isn't it? I mean, here we are. We're probably saying that the, the biggest blow for Dundee United this season has been Logan Chalmers getting injured, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. mm. we wouldn't have said that in the summer. Well, I, I think United fans are asking themselves lots of questions. They're asking Mickey Mellon lots of questions. You know, I mean, many, for instance, are asking what the boy Adrian Sporrell has to do to to get in the side. I mean, he's you know he he's a tidy player in terms of the width you're talking about. You know, um, I, I ally width with two things: pace. You know, now you know you, you've got Pollitt sitting on the bench there. He, you know, you've lost McMullen. Both guys, that, uh, 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 in theory. Uh, had had woods and had pace about them. Um, you've got a Perry who oh, came certainly on. hold their positions, won't yeah, they? Hold, they'll, 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 right, stay, you know, they'll stay out a, wide. You're a Perry who came on who kind of tend, has tended to play kind of left hand side, um, albeit linking up with Shankland when he was playing certainly last season quite successfully. I thought he's a so you know I, I mean I, I can't quite make my mind up whether um, Mickey Mellon isn't entirely sure of, of 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 you know the personal he's got, what he wants. Uh, does he know his best uh, eleven? Is he trying to keep people happy? Like McNulty, who's a loan player, it's hard to keep loan players um, happy, for instance. But you know, if you're looking for width, then you've got to make the best of what you've got. And and by the looks of it, what the best of what you had last night in terms of wide players would be on the bench. I, I think there's a, there's a bit of what, what you just said there, Jim, about trying to keep people trying to keep people happy. By the way, I think that is a factor in here. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not even trying to keep people happy. It might also be the case that, and I know I don't know the specifics of the deal that they've got for McNulty with Reading, but it might be the case that they're, they're paying a significant, well, not a significant for Dundee he has United to, play a certain amount amount of games. to have him, yeah. and therefore he's, he's got to be playing because mm-hmm. you can't be spending that money for a boy who's not playing. So it is, it maybe does feel a bit like, right, well, I've got no choice here. I've got to try and fit him in somewhere, but I also can't be dropping, dropping Lawrence Shanklin because he's a saleable asset and and, and, he, and he's a goal-getter. Two, two factors mm-hmm. with him. Or, or he so, was a saleable Nicky asset. Nicky Clark's your top scorer. <laughs> so, Nicky Clark's your top scorer. Yeah, so what yeah. do you do with them? Mm-hmm. You end up you end up trying to force them into a system that maybe doesn't suit any of them particularly. And yeah, that, that, that is, that is a, a problem for Dundee United this season. They haven't been scoring lots of goals, but they've, in theory, you look at them and they've got players who should be able to get them. Mm-hmm. Oh, they have, yeah. They have. Well, I mean, Hark, Hark's proved last night that he can take a goal if he gets if he gets a chance. So the argument is, you know, why were they not able to do that um, beforehand? I mean, maybe it's quite simple. Maybe it's simply the fact that 3-0 down, St. Martin had eased off the gas a wee bit and, and you, couldn't surpri- you couldn't be surprised at them doing that. But if you're, you're trying to squeeze, I mean, I'm a great believer in 4-3-3 if you're Barcelona, if you're Real Madrid or Man United, you know, um, I'm not sure that you can do it with McNulty, Shankland, and Clark trying to. I, I know that theoretically it was a look like a four-one-four-one system last night, but you've got effectively three guys that want. Yeah, to that's play. what they're calling it. Yeah, aye, aye. but you've got three guys who effectively want to play uh, as strikers. So unless you, you've got them absolutely kind of keyed in and 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 right on top of kind of the instructions they're given and holding their positions and all the rest of it. You know, there tends to be a bit of kind of a bit of flatulence, if you want, about the way the the the, the team ends up playing, and uh, and just you know, and to be honest, you last night that, that we don't see the that of, in the Optus by, by, yeah, by the end of it, I had a bad smell about it, didn't it? You know, let's be honest, we're five <laughs> a five one doing, you know. I mean, what did is is Dylan Powers? Is he be, is, was he the was he the weapon boy? He got he got he got dragged at half time, didn't he? Uh, yes, yes, he did. He went off at half time. Guy Fothering come on and Fothering, I'm sorry. And I, I, from what I've from what I've read for United fans, the, the, who desperately searching for a positive to take, mm-hmm. that that seems to be the one that they were they're looking at. They say, well, at least he did well when he came on, sort of thing. Powers is a strange one, yeah, because uh, there have been a lot of United fans that I've seen who've been clamouring for him to get some more game time. Yeah, Ian, Ian um, said a couple of weeks. I think it was after the Hamilton game, wasn't it, Jim? That he was. You said he, he. I think. I think he had him as his man of the match that day. But anyway, sorry, carry on, Sean. Oh, I say yeah, a, a, a lot of clamour for him to play more, um, and obviously he gets in last night and he's hooked at half time. Um, so there you go. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for, is it? 
And the, I mean, you touched on something, Jim, at the, at the start that I thought was an interesting one about the uh, about the header they've conceded. And speaking to a couple of United fans after the St Johnston game, they were they were furious at the uh, was it the was it the first Saints or the second mm-hmm. one? The, the guy Melamed go basically, you know, where he, he's by no means as he, as he had to had to soar like the proverbial salmon at the back post. If anything, he was kind of he was almost stooping for it, and that was direct from a corner. United are up. United have got big. They've got presence in that in that box, but is that becoming an is that becoming an issue? Susceptibility to 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 head of goals. Yeah, I think it becomes an issue when you lose <clears throat> the kind of goals that they lost last night. Particularly the you know the one two, um, the right of the box, the, the challenge is one header across goal, and with two men um, on at the at the far post, it, it, it's header in. I mean, you know, you, you've got um, Reynolds and Connolly are, 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 are physically decent sized players. You know, um, it's about it's about you know attacking the ball. It's about positional sense. I mean, what, what are they playing? Are, are they kind of I'm not entirely sure? But actually, funnily enough, I heard Chris Wallamy asking this last night. Are they are they playing a zonal marking system? Or are they picking up man for man? It was hard to tell last night. You know, um, now well, you know if it's hard it, to tell, it's never a good yeah, thing. No, that, that's right. So if, if you're losing, if you're losing those kind of goals, um, but it wasn't. You know, it, it wasn't just the, the you know the, the headed goals last night. The, the, the last two that they you know the, the two they lost in the second half to make it four and then five. Um, th- those were good goals, but the slackness I thought generally um, from from United picking picking those up and matching runners and all the rest of it. The one down the left hand side, um, uh, what was his name? He just he just he just back in the, the side. I think you know for, for St Martin was a grim one to lose. You know, um, it made totally unimpeded progress. Works your you know you work your way into the box. I mean, it just there was there was a there was a slackness, a mental slackness. I thought last night about it. Now whether whether this is simply the fact that you know you've got a championship side that's played above itself I'm not talking in terms of performance I'm talking in terms of results achieved because you know they, they are sixth in the league we must remember that and and it's all very well casting their eyes in the future and saying St Man are coming up hot in their tail and, and all the rest at the bottom line is they've got the points in the bag at the moment but there are there, there is a worrying trend that, that I think that's the key thing there's a worrying trend in terms of kind of Kind of goals conceded, games won, and all the rest of it. Now, you know, to, to some extent, you know, they are where they are, Eric. I mean, it's, you know, I, I mean, M- M- Mickey Mellon's getting in the neck from there. There's actually there's people calling for him to go. Um, it is early days yet. He's not had the chance to bring in many of, of his own people. He's walked in the middle of a pandemic and all the rest of it. The test of a good manager is is what he can get out of what's available to him. Um, now, normally when you work out that what's available to you isn't, isn't good enough, you then go and you bring in better uh, to up the ante and, and to challenge the players that you've got, or, you know, to push the players that you've got aside that you don't want. At the moment, you can't do that because the finances are against them uh, and... and uh, well, well, the finances are against them. That's the bottom line, isn't it? You know, I mean, uh, you know, if anything happens at the time, there'll be players going out. We've seen McMullen going out. Uh, I'm, I'm told that Pollock, you know, they're, they're, they've been talking to people about Pollock as well. I think they need people off the wage bill. So the chances of getting something in mm-hmm. better than what they've got at the moment look pretty pretty grim. Well, it's it's Hibs up next, Sean. I mean, on the face of it, they, they're a bit of a, well, to call them a bit of a, Sort of a Jekyll and Hyde team just now would be an understatement, given what I witnessed at Hamden Park on Saturday. But they were they were they were better against against Rangers in midweek, and on the face of it, they have they have they certainly have the tools to expose areas that are concerning for for Dundee United, don't they? I.e., they're, they're rapid on the flanks, and if they play if they play Dodge and Ornes, but they're they're good in the air as well up front. They're basically very good going forward, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Aye, uh, yes, but what you were saying earlier about the, the form over the last six games, Hibs are same points. Oh, aye. They've only taken yeah. four out of the last six. So they're in a, right, a, a, a slump as well. Um, and actually, similar to, to what Jim's alluded to at United, but some fans getting irritated with the manager. I think it's even more so at Hibs. I think oh yeah, I think Jack he's further down, he's further along the curve because he's had more windows and absolutely and, the, and the, he's lost bigger games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, aye, but the semi final again. Uh, I'm sure we'll come on. Well, well, we'll we'll come on to that topic in a bit. But the losing for Hibs to lose three 0 to St Johnson in a semi final is a bad one. Is a bad one. Just like losing five one to St Mirren at home is bad for United. Um. So uh, they're under pressure as well. Um, 
and yes, they, they do on paper. You look at the squad and you think, good players there. They should be they should be doing pretty well, and they have at times this season, earlier this season. But they but they're in a right slump just now. So confidence is low, pressure's on. It's a nightmare combination. Um, so it's it's, it's sort of. A battle of two sides who will be absolutely terrified to lose. <laughs> I think yeah. <laughs> dreadful result yeah, for be, either of them. I don't think I don't think the in-house social media teams will be use, will be using you, Sean, to promote this one. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they should inject a dose of realism into it. That's it. Yeah, don't, don't hike up your prices on the back of it. Yes, Jim. I mean, is a good time, bad time to be place be playing Hibs. Well, it's, Hibs could be saying the same about Dundee United. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Hibs on their day um, are a good side. But, you know, I mean, they lost narrowly last night to Rangers, who are the best side in, in, the, in the country by, by a way. On their day, the I think they're a better team than Aberdeen. But yes, they, don't I, have that, I, they don't have that day no, often, have an, often as Aberdeen. They have an attacking verve about them and a pace and a zip about them, I think, which is difficult to manage. Um, consistency is their issue. St. Johnson proved they're absolutely doable. I mean, that, that 3-0 win um, in the semi-final, was a terrific performance from Saints, so that, so they're absolutely beatable. Um, you know that, that said, you know they, they've drawn with Celtic recently, but then they got bumped three 0 from Livingston. No, you know I mean, you know at one time uh, that would have been almost astonishing. But looking at what Livingston have done this season, uh, then you know that um, that kind of to some extent peels into insignificance. Are they a better side than United, man for man? Yes, they got much more Premiership experience and all the rest of it. But something interested me last night watching, you know, the, the, the highlights of the. Later game, so England too. Uh, Thomas Tuchel, Thomas Tuchel uh, taking over at Chelsea. I'd stay up late last night. Yeah, Jim, I know I did. I did always. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a late bird, you know. Well, one of the things he was talking about, I thought that intrigued me. Now, bear in mind, this is a guy who is in charge of some of the richest players on the planet and has come from that environment with PSG. The, the key thing he featured on, one of the key things he featured on was he was happiest with the recovery. In other words, Winning, not just retaining the ball, but when they lost the ball, they, 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 you know, they won it back again. What does that testify to? What does that talk to? That talks to graft, hard work. It doesn't matter how good you are, you, you graft, and the harder you graft, the more you get out of the game. Um, so, I think that's that's you know that's where United are now. I think this is all about graft, hard graft, and 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 work rate uh, now and, and things like that. When they give the ball away and they give the ball away quite a lot, you know, when they get back quickly and all the rest and matching Hibs for aggression and matching Hibs for and I mean aggression in the proper sense of the word, you know, not mad flying tackles, you know, um, matching them in the proper sense of the word, uh, and then hoping to get a few breaks and hoping hoping also you know to, to get Shankland on the end of a few things because you know that. Anyone who thought, and we've we've talked that infinitum in earlier podcasts about the possibility of Shankland going, that's you know given his record and the way he's playing at the moment, the lack of service he's getting, that's all receding into distance. Um, so you know, I think there's a combination of things for United. They've got to redouble their efforts. They've got to tighten up at the back in terms of you know set pieces and winning winning balls into the box and all the rest of it in the air, and they've got to start finding goals from somewhere. Well, it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be one of our podcasts if we didn't speak about United off the pitch as well. Sean, you you broke the story last week about uh, the foundation yet again being asked to uh, help the the club out in a time of need, and they have since agreed to. I mean, what's your what's your reading of this as far as the financial health of Dundee United? I mean, first of all, we we'll have to we we'll have to praise the supporters again. They're coming. They're coming out. You know, they're they're. Showing the colour of their money to to support their team again. Um, what's your reading of it as a sort of for, for the? I was going to say the, the medium to long term. I'll say the short to medium term. What does what does this all mean? Because there isn't going to be any fans coming into Dundee United, and you wouldn't think going judging by you know the outgoings and the wages and all the rest of it at, at Tanadice that one hundred thousand pounds. Or sixty thousand pounds? What is it? Is it a hundred thousand pounds over sixty thousand pounds? It's, six, it's first, sixty initially, with, with another, with yeah, another forty from it's the. Not a, it's not a game changer, is it? It's not a game changer, is it? No, I mean, I, I don't think you could you could look at. And again, this is not not to do with the fans' perspective or the, the foundation members. I feel like they they are absolutely standing up for their club, and fair enough. They, they, if they've if they've got money sitting in an account somewhere, and the purpose of it. As, as they perceive it as to help Dundee United out, then that's what it's why there not for. hand it over. So I, I understand why they've done that completely. Um, from the from the club's perspective, I, I, don't, I don't think you could spin it and say that this is a great situation. 
because it's evidently not, and I, I don't think Mark Ogren's actually ever hid from that. He's 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 always discussed pretty openly the the, the difficulties that this has caused them. Um, and my goodness, it, it, it must have because he's put a hell of a lot of money in, and he's not getting a hell of a lot out, and it doesn't look like there's much chance of that happening anytime soon. Um, so I, I think it's only natural for 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 any businessman. Um, unless your means are absolutely unlimited, which I don't, I don't, I don't think Mark Ogden falls into that category. Um, no, I, 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 I don't think you can just keep writing check after check, which is which is what he's discussed. He's right. Well, what Tony Asker has has mentioned that that Mark Ogden has a concern about that he's writing a big check every month, and he can't keep doing that. So the fans have put sixty grand in immediately. There's another forty to come by April, but. I mean, that's to me. Unless there's a, there's a fundamental change in, in United's ability to earn money, whether that means selling a player, or whether there's some miracle cure for this pandemic and we're all allowed back into grounds again, or something else that nobody has foreseen comes along to change it, I, I don't I don't see how this the money that's going in now will resolve anything. I think it's a, Do you know how much, it's a sticking plaster. Maybe, maybe it's not a fair question, Sean, because I'll, I'll put you on the spot anyway. But do you know? Do you know how much they've got left the foundation? I mean, is this them emptying their accounts, or is it? Are, are they? I don't know the answer to that. Well, I don't know the answer to that, but I suspect. I mean, if you look at if you look at the agreement, uh, the the fact that it's a total of a hundred grand, yet they're only putting sixty in immediately, with forty to follow leads me to believe that they're, they're they're probably pretty much empty in the pot at this point. Where's this going, Jim? Where's it going? Um, well, United have been heading this way for a long time. That's the blunt truth. Um, <clears throat> the, you know, the Thompson family, it almost skint the Thompson family. I mean, you, you know, I mean, it's well known. I did a we spell a consultancy there. The finances were dreadful then, um, <clears throat> and Stephen Thompson simply didn't have the money to you know to do what was required. And then when he went. Um, you had Mike Martin and, and, and Jimmy Fife um, who, who took over. I think very very quickly they realised they didn't have the money to you know to to, to, to but, you know do what what United fans I think hope and, and expect to do. Bear in mind the supporters' foundation, to the best of my knowledge, was set up along the lines of the Hearts Foundation, where they eventually and being that they, they would they would you know run the club, they would own the club. I mean, I don't see I, I, I don't see where this is going other than that being the eventual long term aim. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of supporter um, uh, involvement and, and ownership of, of clubs. I think it brings common sense to to the situation, because otherwise, what you're relying on is a rich individual who may or may not tire of things, or who may or may not have the money to continue to run things. Now, bluntly, from what I can, can see, can you can you see that? Can you can you see us getting to there, Jim? Can you can you see I, no, a, a no, day I, when the Dundee United Foundation will, will, will be running Dundee United. Uh, no, I don't. Having dealt with Dundee United fans and some of them, no, I don't. You, you, it's like political parties. You will always find, uh, I mean, heart, hearts were there um, through, uh, you know, the circumstances that they were in, that, that the club, the actual future of the club was threatened. So unless United were getting into that kind of situation, uh, I don't think at the moment that, that, that we're heading in that direction. But the foundation at least is, is, is set up so that, you you now have a nucleus of fans. Um, you know, I mean, they've, they've got more than a thousand uh, supporters there, which is give or take about a fifth of the, the season book base, which is pretty hand, pretty handsome. Twenty percent of the support base, um, you know, which is there and ready to kind of spring into action if you want. Um, should should anything happen to the club, you know, um, the pro- problem is whether they've got the kind of money that the Hearts the Hearts Foundation had available to them. Whether they're as well and as far uh, as I don't mean as well organised, but as far down the line. Um, it, it, is arguable. Here, here's my view on the money that's gone on an immediate sixty thousand. I'm not touch the sides on the way down. It's a, it, you know, it, 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 it's it's a, a nougat in, in a box of Quality Street. You know, it's 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 almost. I mean, you know, you kind of ask yourself if United are that desperate for a hundred grand, how how you know how tremulous is their cash position, and and it simply cannot be very good. Now, you know, I think I'm pretty sure that I read Mark Ogren saying that he hadn't allocated money. I mean, you know, business people allocate their money, you know, in the future because he will have other interests as well. It's not just that he says United need ten grand or hundred grand. I'll dip back into the current account and give them it. You know, his money will be spoken for elsewhere as well. But there is also, and this is guesswork, there is also. Um, I think the fairly legitimate guess that, that the man is looking at what he's putting in and asking what he's getting back for it. And 
allied to that, wondering just how much more he can put in. And I think the answer at the moment, certainly in the immediate future, is that he's not prepared to put any more in. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gone to the foundation uh, and asked them for the money. Now, I mean, you know, it was a massive 98.42%, if I'm not mistaken, uh, back the club, and that's great. Um, so it's a democratic vote. It's, uh, it's beyond overwhelming in terms of them backing it. Whether it makes any great difference in the immediate, the immediate uh, future, I, I'm not entirely sure about. And it probably leaves them now, um, you know, portless, uh, because the money's gone. I think the first lot of money was to go in and there were certain conditions attached in terms of what it would be used for, youth development and, and a, a development at the Gussie, well, the Gussie Park, um, etc. Which hasn't think, happened. Which hasn't happened. This time around, the money's just into, by the looks of it, to meet ongoing day-to-day bills. Now, a club like Dundee United, is, it, it, you know, it takes a lot of money to run it. And, and you know, looking at 60 grand going and 100 grand, I'd imagine that's about a, kind of a week's worth of running the club. Do you know, do you know what it, 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 may, it might, well, in fact, well, I can't say it definitely does, but it might indicate, Jim, that actually there's a big difference between when we think of people who've got money, right, and, and, and I suppose in a roundabout way, I'm talking about Mark Ogren here, when we think of these businessmen, we think of them as rich people, but people who we consider rich, there's a big difference between being liquid rich and being asset rich. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a lot, a lot of these people in positions like Mark Ogren will be asset rich, but a lot of their wealth will, will, won't be immediately accessible to them. Well, yeah, that, that's right. I mean, And bricks and mortar yeah. or shares or something like that. So it's not simply a case of an owner, as you said, taking 10 grand out of a current account or whatever and dropping it in because he might not have access to that that those that, that liquid fund. Yeah. So what 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 this means what what it suggests is that there's perhaps there's 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 an impending liquidity issue of some kind. I don't mm-hmm. want to be too serious about it, but it's like if if you're having to go to, to fans to get cash, it suggests that the, perhaps Mark Ogren's Money now mm-hmm. is, is largely tied up in other things, as you've suggested, oh. and it can't it can't just be a case of I'll move, I'll move the money here. Sean, there, there, there were a couple. I mean, it's something I tried to exercise from my mind. But the, the few months I did some consultancy work for United, you know, um, it's something I, I you know, I, this, I, isn't, this do, isn't therapy I, for you. Do, Jim. I do not look back on with fond memories at all because you're trying to persuade people or, or certain individuals that uh, you know that, um, that they should listen to some things that might be good ideas and they don't listen. But one one of the things I was successful. And was was persuading the, the then chairman to take um, you know uh, to have a couple of new associate directors on board. One of them was David Dorward, who does some great work um, at the club, former chief executive of the council. And the other one was uh, was a girl um, that was at university with me, Laura Conway, a very successful local businesswoman. Um, and, and Laura was you know I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying so. It was worth quite a lot of money. And, and at one time previously, when Eddie Thompson owned the club, had contemplated buying it. Uh, and and I think the hope was that maybe she would buy the club from Stephen Thompson. I think it's fair to say she looked at it and thought, this is a this is a black hole. I mean, my, my, my cousin John Niven once contemplated buying Dundee Football Club. He was doing rather well in his, his uh, house building business and contemplated until he looked at the books before Ron Dixon came in and decided it was throwing money down a black hole. And that's the actual truth. Here's the blunt truth for fans. It's a black hole. Scottish football, you cannot make money at it. Unless you're Celtic or Rangers, you cannot make serious money. So that requires somebody who is very, very wealthy and has disposable cash, not assets tied up in in shares or or, or, or housing or, or businesses or whatever. You actually need cash, liquidity, as Sean mentioned a minute ago there. And at the moment, there is not a lot of it about. So, you know, I mean, Mark Ogren, I think, from what we've seen so far, has gone above and beyond. Um, you know, in terms of the money he's put in the United, I don't think you know without knowing the man. I mean, you, it's, it's very, very difficult to be critical of him. And if he has reached the impasse where either he thinks I'm not putting more into this, or I simply can't put more into this, or it's a combination of both, then you cannot blame him. And 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 you know, I would. I mean, the, I think it's only a matter of time before uh, journalists first of these parts are questioning what's happening at Tannadice. So I don't think there's any doubt about that, you know, that, that you'll start to see the, the vultures from the vultures from Ouija land wondering what's going on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go with that one, Jim. Yeah. You're trying to get yourself another podcast again. 
Oh, well, you were once one of those vultures from Ouija Land. <laughs> right, I, I was always based here. No, I mean, listen, I, I, no, in, all, in all seriousness, I think, you know, look, United are not alone. I mean, the, 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 the Scottish game. The next, is, the next uh, thing is the financial yeah, figures, isn't it? Which that, we were expecting right. by now, weren't we? That's right. And, and they will not that, be. That'll, that'll get those. That'll get the attention beyond these parts again. Yeah, they'll not be pretty reading at all. 60, I mean, 60 grand from the from a supporters foundation doesn't mean as much to people out with our area as it, no. as it, as it does to, to us because we know the nuances of it and all the rest of it. But yes, again, we shall we shall see. <laughs> well, back on the pitch, Sean. It's it was a magnificent Saturday for St Johnson. I mean, I think mm. I think we were quietly confident, or maybe not strong as that but we, I think we, we certainly gave Saints possibly even as much as a 50-50 chance Jim looking back the way we were talking at the game but I certainly wouldn't have predicted a 3-0 Sean and I, I wouldn't have and I, well, we don't, there's no point in us going into the Hibs thing I'm sure there's podcasts well there, there's plenty of listen to BBC Radio you'll get plenty on the you'll get plenty on the <laughs> Hibs stuff so you don't need mo- you don't need more of it in, more of it here but they were I've never seen a team collapse quite so spectacularly in a in a big in a game of that type against and I'm being you know with respect to Saints you know they weren't playing weren't playing the old firm you know but but Saints <laughs> Saints had their number on there and and you know Saints grew Hibs deflated it was a it was an absolutely magnificent second half and it was I've called it unst Johnston like with the two the two set pieces it was it was it was Aye. brilliant to see brilliant to see but I th- and and in the end an utterly deserved win. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. It, it was it was brilliant to see. And uh, when I was watching the Aberdeen game last night, I was thinking, right, come on, surely, <laughs> you know, that maybe they've maybe they've learned from that. Maybe maybe that will give them, you know, a bit of confidence that they can do that again. But the, again, we'll get onto this, I'm sure. But the quality of the crossing against Aberdeen was dismal. But anyway, what wasn't well, dismal? Most of the quality was around the, the pitch quality of the crossing dismal, at Hamden. Right? Yeah. yeah, I know, I know, I know. But Hamden, it, it was great. The first half wasn't great. Um, I, I don't think Saints started the game particularly well. First half and, hour, certainly, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and Hibs, Hibs could and arguably should have been ahead uh, within that period of time. But um, simple as you like for the first one, isn't it? Just a corner and a header. Boom, there you go. Reminds, reminds me very much of the, the cup final in 2014, eh? just before half time. Jim, Jim, Jim doesn't uh, like David that. David Wotherspoon <laughs> corner. No, sorry, Jim. Sorry. <laughs> Bad memories. Uh, David Wotherspoon corner and a and a centre half rise into head at home. It was same deal. Um, and from from there, as you say, they grew into the game. And when the second one goes in, start of the second half. Poof, again, it pretty similar. Cross comes in, big header from Sean Rooney. And this is the thing about the set pieces. You look you look at them, and Saints do have some presence in that team. They do. And you think that, that how, how on earth have they not done more of this mm. this season? Cer- it's, certainly it's, with it's Rooney instead of McNamara, because he's another one, you know, and, yeah. and Murray Davidson. Nah, back Rooney's a big lad, yeah. Right, yeah. you know, there's, there's half a dozen of but them. But it makes you, you, it makes you wonder, like, what, what on earth? Even by law of averages, you would expect a few more to have gone in that way. Um, but but they just haven't, um, and then of course a, a fantastic bit of football for the third, which Craig Conway puts away. A man who loves Hamden has done the United fans know, um, and at that point it's three nothing. Now I, d- I don't know what supporters of other teams in in Scotland are like, but from my perspective as a Saints fan, even at three 0 I'm still absolutely bricking it. Oh, you were bricking it on Twitter all day, weren't you? You know what you like. I know I was. I know. <laughs> Frank, frankly, frankly, I'm con- I'm still concerned Hibs are going to equalise in the ground. You know, I was, I was, I was comfortably writing my my intro with a good with 15 minutes left. Sean, there you go. That's how I, I had the cigar. Oh my word! I, I just didn't. No, I just didn't see Hibs. Hibs they'd gone. Mm-hmm. They'd gone. You can read. You can read a game and you can read the body language. And it was no Hibs. Hibs. Hibs were gone. You know, it was it was quite something to see actually, and maybe it exposes it more when you're in there with no fans, and you know you're just picking up on the sort of the changes in the mood on the benches. You know, all of a sudden, you know the Hibs bench is getting quieter and quieter, and the players are getting quieter and quieter, and you see the chins drop and all the rest. Of it. it was quite it was quite something to see, and and you know the the opposite being true for Saints, but you know what a what a chance they've got now. I know, and I'm I'm starting to think, Jim, that. 
what we call an industry. You know what the story will be. It's David Martindale, isn't it? Everybody's going to be speaking. That is going to be the narrative in that cup final week when it comes around. You know, the changed man, which I think we all agree, it's brilliant, brilliant news that he's got his fit and mm-hmm. proper status, whatever you call it, to manage. You know, but but that will be, that will dominate the week, won't it? It will yeah, be about well, Livy and whether they're still on, if they're still on a winning run then or an unbeaten run, the Saints really are in trouble. But, you know, that's that's what will dominate it. And I think that will suit, suit Saints, Saints down to the ground, down to, down to the ground. I, I give them, a, again, I give them a 50-50 chance, Jim, in it, when it comes round. Well, I, th- I think there's a, there's a couple of things here. I mean, the, the win against Hibs, I mean, Hib, you, you can argue that Hibs collapse and all the rest of it, but the bottom line is you can only beat what you're up against, what's put up against you. And there was a lovely symmetry about the goals, you know, 35 minutes, 49, 63. You go ahead in 35, there's a chance, you know, that's Hibs are still in the show. 49 minutes, you score a second, boom, the heads go down. 63, you give it, bang, there's the coup de gras. They're finished, they're done, you know. So there's a lovely symmetry about the goals and three different scorers, Kerr, Rooney, Conway and that, that was excellent stuff. Now, that will plant a seed in Livingston's mind, I think. Remember, the Livingston run, it's fabulous. I, mean, I was on BBC Radio the other day talking about Martindale. I'm glad for the lad. He's, he's done remarkably well. And there's there's, there's also there, there's something in there about, you know, about the whole kind of, um, you know, closed shop mentality of football. Here's a boy that only played junior football who's kind of gone through his badges late. He's done time for yeah, serious yeah. crime and all the rest of it. Up, you know. It opens up possibilities ah, for others, doesn't it? Absolutely. I'm, I'm you not know, talking so, about the, the no, route from crime. No, the, no, no the, that's the, right. The reformation he's gone yeah. through. But, but there's, all, there's all of that sort of stuff. But that, but what, what, what's got to be done, I think, what, what Saints have got, one of the things they'll have to do in that final is they'll have to match Livingston physically because they're, they're a strong side. They're a physically strong side. They've got, you know, physique about them, but they're also quick. They've got really, um, they're quite electric up front. You know, they turn people well. Um, they're sharp. They're, they're prepared to have a bang at goal um, quite quickly and all the rest of it. I, I'm more than convinced that St. Johnston can match them. I mean, I wrote in my, you know, my, my Cuda Corn last Saturday, Saints, you know, had the chance here to uh, to make only their, 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 their fourth final. I mean, you know, I've, I've been at two them. I was at their very first one as a nipper with my brother when they lost a, a good Celtic side, a fine St. Johnson side lost. Then, of course, I, I worked at the, the final when they beat United. Now, they've got the chance again here in this fourth one, and I think they've got a great chance to lift silverware. And the thing is, it's, th- th- this should prey on the minds of St. Johnson players. The vast bulk of Scottish professional football players will go through their entire careers and never see serious silverware. You know, I mean, you forget the league. I mean, you know, we're, we're about to see Celtic or Rangers, well, it'll be Rangers this year, winning the, the top title for the 35th season in a row, you know. So top titles out of bounds for everybody. So the best chance is a Scottish Cup or a League Cup for serious silverware. I'm not talking about winning championships. I'm talking about serious, the, the big the big silverware. And this is a wonderful opportunity for them. Um, <clears throat> the attention undoubtedly will be on Martindale and, and you know and, and his rehabilitation and all the rest of it. Um, but Saints, you know, if Saints feel like bit part players, that's fine. It just keeps the temperature down. Callum's not Callum Davidson's not the type that's always seeking publicity anyhow. But you're working with the boys, he'll, 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 he will set them up uh, in a fashion, I think, where he knows all the danger areas that Livingston are going to uh, going to come at them from what they're going to provide, and I'm pretty sure that that you know Saints will be hugely buoyed by beating Hibs three 0 at Hamden in the semi, and I, I I think personally they've got a great chance of 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 lifting silverware. I might be on that bus again. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. no, no, you'll know there'll no be space for you. <laughs> Sean, to wrap up the Saints, to wrap up the Saints, but you can look at their statistics and uh, again it, you. It'll 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 sort you out whether you're a glass half full or a glass half empty man, but it's one one premiership win in, in twelve, but conversely they're six unbeaten in in this wee run they're on now. I mean I think I've I've seen a a subtle well, maybe not maybe not actually that subtle change in the last three games with Saints. I think they're this is after after Dundee United they've had three clean sheets. Maybe it's coincided with Jason Kerr coming back in the team, but they do seem to have. It's it's very much like uh, I want to say it's 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 not. I don't want to say it's too obvious to say. Oh, it's like a Tommy Wright team, but they're definitely focusing more on we are going to be harder to beat. And there you go. They're winning their headers. They are, you know, they're 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 more physically imposing. They're not, you know, St. Martin. They got. They got that goal and then they just says, right, come on, you beat us, which is what other teams were doing to them. And again, physically powerful against Hibs. And the other night there against Aberdeen, now that's a, I think, you know, I know it was a terrible game, 
but it's a sort of it was a sort of game where you would have just seen Aberdeen Cosgrove getting a header in the in the last ten minutes. You know, one of those long throws coming in, a corner coming in. It didn't look like happening. So for me, my glass is half full as far as that's concerned. I think the circumstances have demanded it. You know, it, it was becoming a relegation battle. It still is. You know, let's face it, it's not out of it. So. I think I think they needed to do what they've done. Yeah, yeah, there's there's absolutely. Um, I, I've I've given up on. I think I started the season saying, you know, this this team could be could be right up there if things go for them. You know, they could be fourth around about there. Uh, I, I've long since given up on that. I don't think we're going to trouble that uh, at this point. Um, it is. I am more concerned with, with what's behind us at the moment. I still I still think Saints will be all right. I, I, I do still think they'll be okay, but I don't think they're going to surge up the table at this point. Um, and well, they've got a tough, they've got a tough run of fixtures now, anyway, so it's unlikely to happen do, just yeah. now if it is going to happen. Yeah, if it's if it's a conscious decision on on Callum Davidson's part to shift slightly into a more pragmatic way of playing, um, if it gets us the point, us, listen, I'm completely completely lost all semblance of neutrality and you know, it's us and we and all that stuff. Uh, if it, if it terrible, gets it, us Terrible, terrible points, lack of professionalism, Jim. Ugh, I know, do you know what? Who cares? If it, if it gets us the points to stay up, then I'll take it. I'll take it, absolutely. Um, but last, but the, the Aberdeen game was minging. It really, really was awful. Uh, it, it's, know, it's arguably the worst 1750 I've ever spent. <laughs> To get the stream of that, it was oh geez, oh, and both sides contributed to that. To be fair, because it was it was the same to me. It was just like it was ball at the back, one pass, hoof, loose ball, foul, repeat for ninety minutes, and it was grim, absolutely grim. Very, very bitty, very bitty. Right, Dundee, Jim. I mean, don't about you. I was. I was pretty unimpressed with them last Friday night. Mm. What about yourself? <clears throat> um, I, I, th- I think uh, there's a combination of things going on here, isn't there? I mean, Underwhelmed, I, maybe, maybe yeah, might be a better yeah, way. To yeah, s- that's. I mean, I had, I had to um, uh, my, my my journey to my journey to uh, uh, to Tannadice last night was thwarted. I had a puncture literally as I came out the house. Um, by the time I got uh, lucky uh, man, uh, uh, time was ready. A metaphor, to go, uh, a metaphor, if ever there was one. So, so to take it down the day to uh, well, this is not the BBC, so we can't advertise McConaughey. So Rob was very good uh, and, and I was chewing the fart with a lad there. he's a big Dundee <laughs> fan and, and he he was you know he, he was making the point that he was um, he was kind of a bit disappointed in, in the way things had gone this season I think a lot of Dundee fans obviously are I mean for me one of the bright spots um, ha- has been you know the central defensive pairing it's been uh, Charlie Adam coming in uh, who's just been a cut above everything um, but but the, the truth of the matter is, you know, they're up against a part-time side last Friday night, and 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 they should be winning. I've got a great affection for our both. They're great people at the club. Some smashing players there, and all the rest of it. But if, if you want to really prosper in this league, you've got to go to tough venues like Gayfield and match them stride for stride, um, and, and win. And, and I'm afraid that quite simply, a one-one result doesn't do you. You know, and and to lose it was a great goal from Ricky Little. What a bullet of a header it was! But to, to lose that. One, you know, having having been ahead from the eighth minute, you know, um, kind of signifies that it's going to be that kind of season. I think for Dundee, it's going to be pretty much, I think, up and down for them. Um, I, 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 you know, now and again, I get a wee flicker of hope before you know Hearts go and win the other night at race, and you think, well, they beat could, Hearts could, for crying out loud, could, you know, that I, was a well, big flicker right. of hope. That was, it? It was a great performance. And you think, you know, if they can get a, a run here, if they can get consistency together here, could they maybe, you know, could they maybe just sneak up on Hearts? I don't think that's going to happen. It's nah, going gone now isn't it it's gone that's gone so it's going to be the battle for you know um, hopefully second place which gives you a better chance I think you know one less game to play and all the rest of it and uh, when it comes to that playoff you know um, <clears throat> I think that's the key I mean there's a couple of interesting things I mean McMullen's now joined the squad and all the rest Mullen's of it. I, think, there now, I, yeah. I think he you know he could add substantially to them in terms of kind of the pace that he's got driving at people getting by people assisting balls into the box and all the rest of it you know so that that's that's a bright spot in the horizon they look tighter to the back with the central defence as they say young Hamilton I think is developing now into 
a pretty decent keeper. He's had a, he's had a bit of a nightmare of a start, but developing. But there's still, still elements, I think, that they've got to kind of uh, work um, hard on. And it doesn't get any easier. I mean, they've got, you know, they're, they're at Starks Park on uh, on Saturday and Inverness to come after that, you know, and then here. So, it's, it's a, and, and then Dunfermline, it's a tough, tough league. Um, and, and it's getting that consistency, but more than anything else, it's it's battling and scrapping and, and fighting and biting and scratching for the points in, uh, in this league. And it remains to be seen whether they can do that on a consistent basis. I think they're looking much brighter than they did at the start of the season. I think things are developing quite nicely for them. Whether it's come too late to to mount a challenge, um, actually mount a serious challenge against Hearts, and if I'm being honest, I, I don't think I ever really probably thought they would, given the budget that they're up against. I mean, the Tynecastle budget will dwarf Dundee's. Dundee's will be the second biggest in that league by a long way, but Hearts will be a lot bigger than theirs. Yeah, sure enough. They've really suffered Dundee through the, the bitty nature of their season, haven't they, in the last last few weeks? Particularly since that Hearts, Hearts victory. Yeah. yeah, it hasn't helped them at all. Because uh, they, they were, I mean, they, they were building a bit of momentum. Uh, and it's just, it's only natural that it, it breaks in, in your and your calendar sort of have an impact on that. Um, that said, that said, I don't, I don't think going away to Arbroath on a Friday night in January and drawing is necessarily the worst result in the world. Because despite the fact how Arbroath are, have maybe struggled a bit this season, it's the old cliche, but it's not an easy place to go, is it, mate? No, no, it's not. It's not. They've, 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 they've hurt other. They've hurt. Other teams there are both, so I mean, it's 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 no, it's by no means a disaster. It's reasonable, um, but I think I do think you're right. I, I think they're they're aiming at second now, but I don't I don't see any reason why that that's not realistic. I think they can they can absolutely get that, and McMullen definitely helps them. I mean, we've we've seen him in the Championship for United. We can we've seen what he could do. He's very very he was very effective for United in in the Championship. And uh, I mean, if he can if he can replicate that across the road, then he's going to be very very useful for them. Um, so I, I I think they're 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 still okay. I think second is is very much on the cards for them. And I mean, if if they can if they can not allow this draw to sort of wobble them too much, and if they can maintain where they were before that, I mean. But, I mean, Hearts aren't invincible, you know. I mean, they're, all right, they're ten points ahead at this point, but but they've dropped points. They've lost three games, which is more than Dundee have lost by the and way. There's Dundee a game, there's a game in hand as well, so that narrows it to something. Yeah, and you've got to meet them exactly. again. You've got to meet them again. So it could. Right. My, my my fear, Sean, in terms of Hearts, is that I think Hearts will lose games, and they'll lose games you don't expect them to win. Uh, to, to lose, whether they'll lose them in in the kind of the numbers that they need to, you know, whether they'll lose two or three or four over the course of what, what's left of this kind of shortened season in the Championship um, and, Dundee, and Dundee then don't lose them, whether that's enough to make up that 10-point gap or let's say Dundee were winning their game in hand, that, that seven-point gap, uh, given that they've got to meet again anyhow, that, that, that would be my concern. So I, my, my suspicion, my hope would be that they, they could overtake them, but my suspicion will be that, you know, that, that second place will be the one that Dundee will go for. And they're only a point behind Dunfermline, and I think the yeah, size, I still think squad. they've got a good chat. But you don't you don't see a seven game win and run in Dundee. Do you? Okay, this this could come back to haunt me, but you know it doesn't. It certainly not doesn't feel that way at the moment. And in fairness, I don't see that in Hearts either. You know, I think they're they're capable of kind of blowing yeah. up as well. But um, of the two, it's Hearts who are in prime position. They've got that ten point lead, and they've got the points in the bag. It's all very well saying you've got the game in hand. This goes back to what we're talking about. United with St Mirren on the tail earlier on. United have got the you know have got the the points in the bag. Um, so games in hand are one thing, but points in the bag are another entirely. And I suspect even at this early stage that Hearts probably are, are in prime position for this. Thank gosh, I know. I, I felt a wee bit for a wraith that they didn't even, they didn't get long to bask in the glory of what was a what was a stunning result for them at Tynecastle. Then, of course, you know it was almost like a you know a home and away type thing. You know they they, they get Hearts again on their own patch, and of course Hearts Hearts get a comf- get a comfortable win. So it kind of you know. It took away a wee bit from the sort of you know the enormity of what they achieved at Tynecastle, but you know it's 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 there for uh, it's there all there for all the warnings they should need for Dundee that Wraith are a, a, a team that you know are going to be what probably mid table at worst and, and playoff playoff uh, contenders you know realistic playoff contenders, Sean. Yeah, aye, ab- absolutely. It's, it, it, I mean Dundee have been here. 
last season. They, they, they know the, the difficulties. James Pike knows the difficulties of this league and, and it's like the likes of Wraith. It's always going to be hard. They've, I mean, and, and particularly where they are, they've had results that will give them heart. Ha, no pun intended. And uh, <laughs> they are currently focused on the same aim as Dundee. Um, so, aye, it's a right, a right big game in the championship. But I, I'm, I'm. You said you can't see Dundee going on a seven game run. I'm going to say I can. <laughs> I said winning, not unbeaten. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? We'll bring it, why we'll not? Put it in the diary, Jim. He's coming oh, back on in seven weeks. Either say I told you so. Oh, or, or, or I got that no, one badly that's... wrong, I think. A bit like me predicting that Celtic would sweep the Premiership, you know? <laughs> oh, no. no. Nobody ever mentions that on Twitter, though. Don't oh, worry oh no, no. no <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that one doesn't get cast up. <laughs> I said cheers again, guys. I'm sure something something will happen this week to make fools of all of us again. We'll be back next week. Thank you very much for listening again. Cheers, boys. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find talking football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.